Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. All right. So, um, my name is Van with one N. Believe it or not, some people actually mess that up. Well, how do you get two N's from Van? So, <laughs> okay, um, well, I just want to greet the uh, new visitors again. Um, thank you for coming uh, and worshiping uh, Jesus Christ with us this morning. Um, I'm not the pastor. Our pastor, uh, our pastors, Mark and Terry, are on a uh, nice little uh, ministry trip. Um, and then uh, they just attended uh, their daughter's, uh, I think, master's graduation. Too. So kudos to Tara and what she's accomplishing over there. Amen. Um, just a quick uh, recap in our uh, uh, Ford series here. Uh, we're just looking um, um, at the, well, sort of at the life of Peter and, and how his life has uh, been transformed by, by being discipled by Jesus Christ. And the first week, um, we had uh, Armin speak to us about, uh, you know, just spiritual discipline and, and mainly just about being um, devoted to the very word of God, just reading it, digesting it, and understanding it. Um, and then in week two, we had uh, Elmore uh, tell us about essential uh, doctrine, which is uh, pretty much Jesus came from heaven, died for our sins, and now we're free. Okay, so being devoted to the word of God and then believing what it says and understanding it. So, uh, but now uh, we're in the third week and we're going to be talking about life change. Um, life change. So, uh, in, it, in, in other terms, I could say a life of surrender or, or a life of um, repentance, you know, toward God. So we, uh, before we get into that, let's just go ahead and pray, okay? Uh, Lord, Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the word that you've um, put in my heart. And I thank you for every uh, body in here and that their hearts are, are open to, uh, to receive your word and to understand it. Lord, Father, may you be glorified today in Jesus' name. Amen. So just looking at the life of Peter... Um, Peter in the beginning, you know, he was that, that kind of strong, brash type of guy, you know, probably had a, had a really rough beard and everything like that. And probably, I don't know, didn't take too many showers. I don't know. He just seemed like that type of guy, but you know, he was a fisherman and sometimes he would put his foot in his mouth, you know, um, just kind of quick to speak and not, uh, you know, he didn't think about what he said sometimes and. You know, he got, he got rebuked by Jesus, you know. One time he was like, Lord, Lord, you shall not die. No, no. You know, and, and, and uh, Jesus is like, you know, Satan, get behind me. And then, you know, he says, Lord, surely, you know, we're going to die with you if you die. But he, he ends up denying Christ uh, three times. But um, he was redeemed from that. And there's a message in that, okay? Um, so what can cause life change? You know, circumstances happen in our lives. Uh, things can happen in our life to uh, cause life change, like, like injuries. You know, maybe someone gets in a car accident. 
uh, something doesn't really go their way and, and their life has changed. You know, for instance, you know, um, uh, I used to dunk on Elmore a lot, you know. But then one time he just like undercut me. He was like, no more, Van. I'm, I'm not going to let you do that before. So I can't dunk on him anymore. He like messed something up back here. But um, uh, for uh, another instance, it's uh, lottery winners. Um, you know, they win millions and millions of dollars. And then all of a sudden they got a new car, a uh, new house, maybe a mansion. You know, uh, they don't have to work a job anymore. And hopefully they steward their money right. They can, they can stay uh, their own boss for the rest of, uh, of their life. So lottery winners, uh, what about uh, people who find religion? You know, people who find religion like, like, like uh, people who uh, turn to Buddhists or Buddhism, you know, or become a monk. They go live up in a mountain where snow flurries are and they, and they maybe learn Kung Fu. I, I don't know, you know, but they, they, they experience this, this peace somehow, you know. Uh, it, they can lay on a bed of nails, crazy stuff like that. Um, how about becoming parents? That's a life changer, you know. Uh, I mean, it's Mother's Day. How many mothers in here again? Just raise your hand. Amen. I mean, how did your life change when you, when you figured out you had a baby growing? I mean, what about the morning sickness? The, the wanting to, to eat but your eyes are too big for the plate type stuff. I mean, your life changed, you know, just from, from birthing. But it was all worth it, right? Amen. What about war? You know, people go to war and fight, fight for their country, but, you know, they experience some things that uh, we were never supposed to experience. They come back with uh, PTSD. You know, mental, mental issues that changes their life, you know, around them. But what, what we want to get at today is what about Jesus? What, what, what happens when Jesus comes into somebody's life? How does their life change from Jesus, encountering Jesus? I just want to say this. Your life can't stay the same if you experience Jesus in a true way. His redeeming power, his redeeming love. You will not stay the same. I guarantee you that. I've experienced him. And my life has never been the same. Amen? So what does life change mean? Life change means that every believer exhibits a life that is set apart for the purposes of God. So every one of you in here has a specific purpose, a specific destiny to your life. Every one of you. Whether you're married or not married. There are specific good works that God has predestined for you to accomplish. You could do a good work uh, when you leave here. Maybe this week has something planned for you. But sometimes we can't come to those good works if our life is not changed. If we're not seeking the Lord. So uh, there's some things that God will help us with as we're working toward that purpose. We're going to get into our text today. Um, we're going to see what Peter says here. So we're looking at 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, and we're going to break these verses down 
but let me just go ahead and read it. It says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. Now, when you first read that, you're like, man, I got to be holy like you. You're like, you're perfect, though. How can, I, how can I do that? How can I attain that holiness? Well, thank God for Jesus. Let's break this down. Verse 13. So, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So prepare your minds. What does that mean? Peter, Peter means be ready to learn. We want our minds as Christians as, uh, think of it as sponges. You know, this goes back to uh, week one with being devoted to the, to the word of God. You want to you wanna start reading this word with a clean slate. Everything that you read, everything that you, you're digesting, you want to you wanna retain. Like the Bereans in the Bible, when Paul went to the Bereans, they went right back to the, to the word of God and, and confirmed what he was saying was true. They were very dedicated to studying the word of God. So it all starts in the mind. But you know, sometimes life change isn't automatic. We need help. And that help comes in the form of the Holy Spirit. He helps us see the truth. In John 14, 26, it says, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. It will remind you of everything I have told you. And those, were from, uh, those words from, uh, were uh, from Jesus. So as you read the word, it says the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's going to teach you and help you understand what you're reading. All you got to do is say, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't, I don't really understand this right now. But in due time, I know you're going to help me understand this. Like a lot of people have a, have a problem with the Trinity. <laughs> How can, you know, one person turn into three? You know? But by faith, you know? Because the reason why we need to stay in the Word is because uh, of this world. It conditions you to think a certain way. From the very moment you're born, the devil is working in this system to try to think, to make you think, well, first and foremost, there's no God. When there's very, there is. Or even if you, you believe in God, he's going to try to get you to go to another one. You know, Buddhism, you know, Islam, you know, Confucianism, all that stuff. But we can even see that in the media, you know, in the magazines you read. You know, how am I supposed to look? You know, am I supposed to wear this or that? The music you listen to is very impactful in your spirit. There's con- think about this, constant words feeding your spirit. What, what music are you listening to? I hear a lot of this mumble rap, man. 
When I go to the gym, I hear a lot of it. I'm like doing my leg press like, did, did he just say that? I mean, I remember coming up in college, man, some of the words, they wouldn't even let on the radio. Now it's just like all up in your face, you know? What, what music are you listening to? So the world is actively, well, Satan is actively trying to condition your mind a certain way. But when you know the truth, when you're constantly getting in the word, the Holy Spirit will remind you. You'll be like, oh, that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because I know what the word says. I know what truth says. Let's see here. It says, exercise self-control. Self-control. Man. What happens when we go to a buffet? We leave self-control at the door. Don't we? I'm like, man. Ooh, that guinea time. And fried chicken. Or maybe Kelleguin. I love shrimp patties. You know, I have to have probably at least four or five on my plate. And that's before seconds. Self-control can get us into gluttony. That's a sin. If we don't have boundaries, we can get into other sins like sexual sin. Maybe addiction. Or maybe even if we don't hold on or restrain our anger, we could possibly murder someone with our hands or even murder someone with our heart. Jesus said, if you have anger towards someone, you've already committed murder. You don't even have to lay a finger on them. Or maybe we're a little bit too loose with our tongue. Girl, did you hear what he did yesterday? What did he do? Girl, let me tell you. You know, sometimes that's so easy to do if we don't have self-control. But there's hope. It says, what it says put all your hope in the gracious salv- salvation. The word, uh, the key here is, is gracious, Grace. He knows we'll mess up. He knows how many times we'll mess up, how many times we'll fall. But because of grace, we can always get back up and keep going, knowing that God is not truly mad at us. He just wants us to be more like him. So set your hope fully in God's grace. Life change is a result of his grace. His work and not ours. So I have some good news for you. You don't have to rely on yourself anymore. Because grace has come. Jesus Christ has come. So don't try to work in your own power or your own will. It won't work. It won't work. Next verse. So you must live as God's uh, obedient children. Don't slip it, uh, back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Obedience. Another tough one. <laughs> it's so easy to disobey. It's, it's, 
It's, it's worked into our nature from birth. We're, we're born under the image of sin, you know? Romans 8, 7 says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. And it never did obey God's law, and it never will. The sin inside you will never want to follow God. Your flesh will never, ever want you to follow God. We are constantly at war with it. So we have a natural tendency to rebel. We have a natural tendency to do this to Jesus, to God and what he stands for. We, want to, we, we think we know the best. You know, we have pride built up in us, selfishness from the beginning. Like, you can go into a grocery store and see a bad kid. Who's seen a bad kid in a grocery store before? Were you that bad kid? Okay. But you can go in the grocery store and see a bad kid and, you, you know, you'll be like, hmm, man. Do you think that kid, like, was like, man, it's really hard. It's really hard for me not to obey my mom right now. It's really hard for me to just sit in this, you know, it's really not hard to just sit in this cart and, and hoopla and whatever and touch those Pop-Tarts. No. That kid is like, man, I want that cinnamon toast crunch. Mom, can we have that? I told you to sit in the cart. Man, I remember my days, man. My mom didn't play, boy. I tried that like two times. Watch when we get home. Okay, mama. Before we go in the store, I don't want you to touch nothing. I got coupons. <laughs> Obedience. Let me take a swig of water right here. Is that okay? I don't know how Pastor Mark does it, man. He gets up here, spends a whole sermon without one swig of water. He's like a superhuman. Amen. So I have a testimony for you about my own journey through obedience. So I went to the University of North Carolina, NC State. And, um, you know, they have fraternities and sororities and you know if you join one of these you're the you're the you're pretty much cool you know uh in the black culture so you get to wear your jackets and your symbols and do your little call signs whatever they do you know i can't do it i'm not a female so i can't get that high but you know they would do their little roll calls and stuff and they would have a, a big part of uh their culture is stepping I mean, who, who knows what stepping is? Like, the, you know, all that stuff. So they would, have, they would have step shows, and then usually they would have uh, parties after. So this is, you know, uh, I'm a baby, you know, here. And, you know, going, still going to Bible studies, finding out uh, who I am and God and who Jesus is and all that stuff. So, you know, before I came to Christ, I would go to these parties. I would go to the step shows, you know. So um, it was just one weekend, and it was like all my Bible study people, like my friends were gone somewhere. I don't know where they were. Like they were across campus, or my, my roommate went back home. So like I'm all alone. And, you know, my, I would say my, my crew I, I, I hung out with beforehand, it was like, we're we going to the step show. I said, like, okay, I'll go. Because, you know, ultimately I didn't want to be alone. And a, and a lot of times, as, as humans, we just don't want to be alone. We like company, right? 
Um, so I went to the step show and because, I mean, honestly, it's like watching America's best, uh, uh, what's that show? Best dance crew. And like uh, the alphas on our campus actually won the national title for stepping. So they were like really good, really good. They had like awesome choreography. So it was like a show. But, you know, so they performed and, and everything and, and, you know, you know, I can't do it. It's, it's, Eric probably could because he's an awesome drummer. It takes a lot of coordination, man. All you got to do is look up on YouTube. I'll bring you up here sometime. <laughs> um, but um, after.